This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes this down. one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the RJ Barrett does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's, it's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he there ties the game. All right, well, we got some, I guess, news, nothing crazy, nothing out of the ordinary, but we did get a little bit of a, maybe a, you know, I don't want to say confirmation either to the rumors that have been going on about Julius Randle. Um, so, you know, I, I figured I'd hop on and give a quick, you know, give some of my thoughts on this whole thing. Now, if you haven't yet checked out episode 313, where we went over and did our usual recap of the game, we went over the Nick Seat game, check that out, 313. Um, and also I wrote, I, I write for a blog, a network called the Ultimate Sports Networks. And I recap the Knicks on there. So check out the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com. Subscribe if you want. I write recaps, I would say, about 70% of the time on these Knicks games. So I'm pretty consistent on there, too. So check that out. But yeah, with with the, uh, I guess, semi-news that Ian Begley... Reported earlier today, I, I guess we should go over. So that's why I'm having, uh, I'm dropping a quick bonus, I guess, bonus episode. But welcome everybody. I'm your host R.J. Carbone. This is episode three fourteen of BD Four, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis, and we also do MMA now too. So we've got the Yankees after every series. Once that season starts up, whenever it does, geez, the lockout's a pain in the ass. We've got the Knicks every game now, and we will do MMA now on the weekends. We started doing that a few weeks ago, covering the UFC cards. So check us out. If you haven't yet, subscribe. Do that. We're on all the listening platforms, the usual Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, many more listening platforms. And if you want to watch the podcast on YouTube, be sure to do that and subscribe to us there. <laughs> Follow me on social media. I'm at RJ Carbone on Facebook. And on Instagram, I'm at Rob J. Carbone. All right. The Lakers are currently playing the Sixers on, on TNT tonight. Tell you, man, they change the courts, the design of the arenas, and the jerseys every night with some of these teams. It's so hard to recognize them. I almost said Washington Wizards because it looked like that. But they change the decor so often on the hardwood. And a lot of the times the team's got their alternate uniforms, and it's, it's so hard to tell who's who sometimes. 
like, what happened to the old traditional home and away and then one alternate? That's what it used to be. Home, away, and you had one alternate. Now there's, now they, they, they never changed, they never used to change the court. Now, you know, even the Knicks, even the Garden's starting to change the, uh, they changed it to black and orange the other night. Do I sound like a 60-year-old man? Probably. But if you haven't, you know, known by now, I, I've got a very old-school mentality with a lot of things, so bear with me. Uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, if I haven't already said that. As I'm recording, it is January, let's see, January 27th on a Thursday. The week has flown by. As you are listening, it's either late night, January 27th, or the 28th on a Friday, depending on when I get this up. I'm currently recording 7, no, not 9 p.m. Jeez, it's already flying by. 9 p.m. Thursday, January 27th, as I speak to you right now. But as you are listening to this, again, it should be the 27th or the 28th. I'll have it up as soon as I can. But, um, yeah, so let's talk about these rumors that have been, I guess, become a little more concrete. I don't know how legit, well, it's coming for me and Begley, but, you know, you hear these types of uh, reports all the time. And the report I am talking about, if you're watching on the screen here, you can see it is that Begley said on SNY earlier today, and I put this one in quotes, one team in touch with a member of the Knicks organization recently is under the impression that Julius Randle would be available for the right return. Again, that is what Ian Begley said earlier today on SNY TV. I should start tuning into that more because you know I used to not watch it, or I don't watch it because I I, I, do, I always thought it was just Mets. But apparently they do a lot of Knicks too. I mean Begley is with SNY, so maybe I'll tune into that channel more. You know I, I'm I'm often looking for more Knicks content, and maybe MSG isn't the only place to be. <laughs> Robert Randolph. Um, let's get to it. Let's head to our first break, and we'll talk about this little uh, piece of news reported by Begley earlier today. When we get back from our first plug, we'll discuss it, so stay with us. Hey guys, so I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast, and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release... I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the channel grow, and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. Alright. So, yeah man, it's interesting. Right, it's an interesting uh, piece of information. Again, Begley earlier today on SNY reporting. One second. 
just to make sure we're set up. Reporting that one team in touch with a member of the organization recently is under the impression that Julius Randle would be available for the right return. This is what Begley reported earlier today. Listen, it's not, again, it's not shocking to hear this. Um, Watching Julius Randle this season, he's checked out last night against the Heat was all you needed to see, in my opinion. That was kind of like the tip of the iceberg for me. You talk about checked out. This may have been the most disengaged game of the season for, for Julius. Even to his repulsive standards this year, it was bad. Standing still on both ends of the floor. He didn't move on either end of the floor sometimes. I'm surprised he didn't make a footprint in in the hardwood. I mean, 250 pounds of pressure just standing on one spot the entire night. Did not want any part of that game. Go watch it back. He did not want the ball. He was not aggressive. He was passing up open looks for worse looks, or he just passed up the ball. The crazy part all season long is, is... you know, he's been doing this very often. Having the worst season of his career. Very indecisive. All this going on, and we still go to him as often as we do in the offense. That's the insane part to me. No variations of any kind of set. It's the same exact plan of attack almost every single night. So, Thibodeau is not exactly helping the case here. You know, consider, I would consider doing what the Yankees do sometimes with their players. Didn't Don't they do this a lot? What was it, Gary Sanchez last season who they gave a couple of days off when he was struggling? It was somebody. They do it a couple times a year. I, they really do. I forget who it was specifically most recently, but... They do this. They give a guy a few days when he's in a bad mental spot. They did it with Glaber Torres. I think that's who it was. He got banished for a few days. Consider doing it with Julius. Because, you know, the, the, the when they did it to Torres, if I can remember correctly, he came back with a bit of a vengeance. So maybe it will give Julius a wake-up call. Get him home with his family. I don't know. Tell him to take a few days off. And it gets the Knicks going in the meantime. I don't know. But it'll show some gosh damn accountability for a change from the head coach. I mean, how many times last night against the Heat did Thibodeau call a timeout and put the same exact lineup in? I understand the roster construct is not great with this team, but to not make any shakeups whatsoever? Come on, man. So, so you've got your head coach and your you got your leader checked out and your head coach refusing to adjust to that. The worst possible scenario right there. The worst. Now the front office steps in and they might have to do something. They might have to do some adjusting themselves. 
and I don't know, again, I don't know how concrete this is. I, in particular, don't see anything happening on February 10th involving Randall. But we will talk about it because it's something to discuss. So let's get to our plug, number two of the night, our second break. And when we get back, I want to give some thoughts on it. Stay with us. So if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone. And I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. All right. <laughs> Let's get to it. Um, first off, it's, it's absolutely nuts to me. It's still hard to fathom that this is even a conversation. Whether or not it happens is a different story, but it's hard to fathom. It's pretty insane that we're bringing up this season, right? The season right after they extend him. The contract extension hasn't even kicked in yet, and we're bringing up trading this guy. I mean, that just goes to show how big of a joke it's been with Randall this season. It's it's it sucks, and you can't really blame the front office for what they did. You know, the front office extended him this past summer. You can't blame them totally for that. I'm sure there were some fans, you know, warning everybody. Um, and props to you if you were one of those guys. I can't say I was one. So I can't exactly blame the Knicks because of it. I was fully on board and, and I was, if I can remember correctly, pretty happy when I saw the extended Julius for 117 over 5. But it's pretty difficult sometimes, let's be honest, as a fan, it's difficult sometimes to not be a hindsight GM. Right? We'll call it that. Because you look at it now, they still had one more year left of control over Julius and did not need to rush into it and throw him the five years just yet. Could have waited before doing so. And I think actually that's what my original idea was before the through the extension, Adam. I was saying, well, hopefully they can at least let him play out the first half of 2022 and then decide then. Because, you know, that, that would have been a completely different story. With fans in the seats the first half of the season, that extension isn't coming this year. So if had they just waited a, you know, a few more months and made their decision around this time, it would have been no. It would have been no extension and they would have just let him walk in free agency. So that sucks to not, to know you know, to know how everything worked out right now and kind of play hindsight GM. It's difficult to not do it. But we're here. We are where we are. And there's talks of the Knicks moving him this deadline for the right price. So what is that price? What can you get for Julius right now? I honestly, I don't even know. 
what I do know is you're not getting Jack if you talk to a big market franchise, right? I mean, this whole thing blew up just like that. And the way he's handling it all has been the opposite of what you want a guy you're trading for to be like, correct? He's giving thumbs down to the crowd. He's telling his own fans to F off. He's skipping press conferences while his teammates face the music for him. He's isolating from himself in in the team huddles. He's um, sitting alone at the end of the bench. He's not handling this great. So if this was just simple, Randall is underachieving in the year 2021-22... I could see a big market team still being intrigued and I could see his value being much higher. But the way he's handled this whole thing is very bad for his trade value when you combine when you combine that with he's not playing well at the same time. So I don't see any big name trade happening unfortunately. He's just got way too low a stock because of that. De'Aaron Fox and and Tyrese Halliburton over in Sacramento. There's been some noise there. I don't see it. Maybe they might be interested because they're a smaller market franchise and there's less pressure on Randall. But if that even happens, I don't see Randall going over there as the lone player. He's going to be included in a package deal with some pot sweeteners. Maybe you have to attach a few picks in there and a young player or two if you're Rose. And I don't know where these DeJounte Murray rumors are all of a sudden coming from, but I'm sitting here thinking, why the hell would the San Antonio Spurs get rid of their point guard right now? 25-year-old kid, he's a great player, on the, a great young player on the rise. Um, and I was listening to his show, they made an excellent point. This could very well be Greg Popovich's last season, possibly, right? I don't see them blowing it up on him. That that would make no sense. That's disrespectful for a guy who's given so much to that franchise. They're not going to do that in his last, maybe his last year. Just tank and give it up at the deadline. Yes, they need an inside threat. And Randall will be back in his home state. Yes, all that stuff. But Murray's literally their point guard. <laughs> They're not going to give away their lead guard for, for Julius Randall, a power forward. And then there's the whole, I don't even want to bring this up because I think it's silly, but there's the entire thing about Zion Williamson, right? (laughs) This happened when, this was always a thing, but it revved up once the Cam Reddish deal happened a couple of uh, days or weeks ago, whenever that was. But the Zion thing, I think, is just more fan-generated hype, to be honest with you. I think it's just hype. You know, the whole thing with the Duke Big Three reuniting, cute story, all that stuff. But I don't think it's legit, um, and I don't think I want Zion anyway. At least not right now. Just because of the health, the, the long-term health concerns. You know, when you take into account his weight and his play style, the way he moves. I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I could trust that long-term. He also has zero jump shot. Zero jump shot. You're eventually going to have to pay a guy like that. It's just very Simmons-like in that aspect. You guys know I don't love those types. Which brings me to Ben Simmons. (laughs) Because that's another name that has been floating around amongst the Nick fan base. 
First off, Julius is going through mental shit right now in the Big Apple. Simmons is going through whatever the hell he's going through mental shit in Philadelphia. So you're really going to tell me you want that? You want to swap mental cases for each other? <laughs> is that what we're doing here? I don't want that. I don't want that with a guy who can't shoot the basketball, won't shoot the basketball, and refuses to work on improving at shooting the basketball. He's not going to work on that part of his game. I don't want that. As my point guard in the year 2022, I don't want that. No. Sure, he's young. He's, what, 25 years old? But he's shown no signs that he's been working on his jumper. No signs at all. No legitimate signs that he's worked on the thing, even since his LSU days, dude. I don't want that. Did you see him in the playoffs last year? Did you see him against Washington and against Atlanta? He's free throw shooting? I'm going to read off a couple of, uh, I'm going to read off some of his free throw shooting efforts from different postseason games in 2021. Um, in no order. These are just, I was looking at his game log before Simmons and some of his free throws. Oh my God. So he goes 0 for 3 from the line in one game, 0 for 6, 1 for 5, 3 for 10, 5 for 11, 4 for 14. Overall, he shoots 34% in the postseason last year. So you're paying that guy all that money plus trading assets for a guy you can't rely on late in games? Yeah, no thank you. I don't even think he's going to handle the big market of New York if he comes here. I don't think he, he can't handle it in Philly. That's very big. I don't think he's going to handle it in the city of New York. There are the Jalen Brunson talks. Um, if anything, I think the Knicks are going to wait until he hits the free agent market this summer. I don't think they're going to risk moving assets just to you know, lose Brunson potentially in the offseason. I know Dallas is Julius' hometown, but I don't see that happening. Uh, they're also exploring options. I read on Bleacher Report. The Knicks are exploring options for Kemba Walker, Alec Burks, and Evan Fournier. That was reported a couple of hours ago. Now that, I think, is more realistic. That can actually happen. You sell off the veterans around Randall, and then maybe try moving Randall in the summer or sometime next season. But we do have to do one or the other, in my opinion, on February 10th. No more stalemate shit or, or sitting around doing nothing. I think the Knicks do have to do something. You know, I know Derrick Rose is returning. That's nice, but he's not changing the landscape of the team. He's not He's not going to turn the season around. He's going to help, but he's not going to turn it around. At one point or another, something has got to give. So if Randall is still here after February 10th, I would hope that some guys are gone. And even if we do or don't make a playoff, have a playoff shot in the second half of the year, something needs to change with Julius. Something, you know, this organization has to do something. Does anybody know where Leon Rose is? Gosh, I don't even remember what the guy sounds like. It's been so long. And give me a break with the... I know he's not a media guy, but you're in New York, pal. You're the, you're the GM, whatever your title is. You're an executive in New York City. The city doesn't adopt to you. You've got to adopt to the city. 
it would be nice to hear from the guy every once in a while. <laughs> we'll be right back. Stay with us. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. All right, so I I, I try to to reason as best as I can because I'm a big fan of Thibodeau, right? And one of the things that keeps crossing my mind is, is the fact that is this political? This whole holding your player accountable thing. Like maybe maybe a lot of this is less Thibodeau, but more politics. Like, you know, Randall just signed the new contract that hasn't even kicked in yet, so he's got to play every night. Big minutes, or it's a bad look for the franchise. Because we're in this era of player empowerment, and the player's always right. These entitled superstar divas get what they want, but Randall is no superstar. He's not even a great player. He's not even a star. He's a, he's a good basketball player. Right, he's got decent talent. So why does he get that treatment? If that's if that's the case, why is he getting the treatment? I was listening to a show. They were mentioning this. They were saying that even LeBron James, who's been known as a coach killer in his career, you know, people make fun of me as the GM wherever he goes, you know, all those jokes. But he goes to Miami for three, four years, was it? Four years. And Spolstra is still coaching today. He's still coaching that team right now. Look at San Antonio. They were mentioning Popovich. He's the guy's 117 years old. They have stability because they don't let the players run things. It's still the old school, cutthroat, more traditional approach in that aspect. You know, their superior is still the actual superior. The players never ran those franchises. So maybe the front office has a little bit of control over Thibodeau here. Kind of like in baseball with the managers in the analytics department. Maybe. Right? Maybe it's a little more front office oriented than we think. But at the same time, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. What keeps me from totally buying into that theory is that Tom Thibodeau has always been this type of coach. He's always been known as a guy who is stubborn with rotations and likes to keep it a nine-man tight rotation and, and runs his starters into the ground. He's always been known as that guy. You know, Minnesota with Carl Anthony Towns. He, 
maybe that's it. Maybe the, that whole situation went crazy and it, it kind of gave him a little PTSD. I don't, I don't friggin' know. But I get confused again because it's like, well, his mantra his entire career has also been play hard for me or don't play at all. But that's not been the case this season. So it's so confusing trying to sit here and figure it out as an outsider who knows nothing about the insides of the organization right now. But just looking at it, watching it, something about this team just feels off. Breen says it all the time. Something just feels off. The guys don't have chemistry like they did last season. Is it Theo Pinson? You know, he was kind of the Udonis Haslam of the team, just there for moral support. Is it Mike Woodson? He's now in Indiana with the Hoosiers, and Woodson was known as that guy who could get to the players. He could connect connect with them. He was the whisperer. He, you know... But at the same time, he was a very old-school coach, and he gave you good advice. And, and most of the Knicks staff now is a lot younger. Does that play a, fa- a factor in this whole accountability thing? Whatever it is, it seems to be getting worse. Because um, now they're calling out Tibbs passive-aggressively. Now, obviously, Jeff Van Gundy, that whole thing last night on ESPN, you know, the definition of insanity, blah, blah, blah. But in the post-game presser, I'm talking about Evan Fournier most recently after this Miami loss last night, basically telling Thibodeau the game plan needs to be adjusted. Yeah. And actually, there's a report here on by another one by Begley saying that the players are frustrated over Tibbs' inconsistent standards. Fournier, obviously now, without a doubt, seems to be one of those guys, which is kind of funny coming from him. But, yeah, man, just just change it up, you know? Every once in a while, just change it up. It's not, it's not the biggest thing in the world. You can't be afraid to do that. Shake it up. What's the hurt at this point, right? Mix it up a little bit, man. I mean, experiment. No one's asking you to get weird, but just go with what has worked more often. Emmanuel quickly, Quinton Grimes should be in that starting lineup with RJ Randall and Mitch. At least until D. Rose gets back. But those two guys, they play hard. They defend their positions very well. Sure, they may struggle offensively sometimes, but at this point, it's worth a shot over the the, the Kemba Fournier backcourt, which is a minus 7.6 points per 100 possessions this season. RJ with Kemba, minus 15.4 per 100 possessions. So, you know, IQ and Grimes in the backcourt with the rest of the guys, that's a lineup that could get Julius to play a little bit faster, especially if you add in Obi in that lineup, you know, in the middle of the game, right next to Julius. You could have yourselves a good mismatch there. Play at a faster pace, probably. Playing with the younger, younger guys. If you play Julius with the youth more, maybe it helps. Just try it out is what I'm saying, you know? And you know what's crazy to me? A lot of the two-man tandems and uh, all these lineup combinations that we're talking about, the successful ones like RJ IQ, RJ Grimes, Randall Obi, a lot of these ones, they aren't even listed on basketball reference, which is where I get my info a lot. Because, like, like, so they list the top 20 tandems on there. And, you know, the the top 20 three-man lineups, four-man lineups, five-man lineups, two-man lineups. And... All those, you know, the successful lineups aren't even in the top 20 when you put it in order of minutes played because Tibbs plays them so little together. 
all the successful lineups. You play so little together that a lot of them aren't even on that top 20 minutes played. It's humiliating. So nobody is saying any of this is the answer, but it has at least worked so far most of the time. So we're not optimizing it enough. That's all I'm saying. It's it's so maddening, man, to sit here as a fan and the shit is so obvious sometimes. I'm not trying to sound like a coach, like a GM, but I'm just trying to give my simple opinion. And New York City knows their basketball, man. Knicks fans know what they're talking about. It's not just me. I'm not just saying it myself. Knicks fans are saying this left and right. The same exact thing I'm telling you right now. His, his template substitutions got to change. We cannot continue to go forward and expect to be a decent team. Whew. Let's head to break. When we get back, we're going to wrap it up with the NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day, and then I'll be that. Stay with us. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability, while its mildew and water-resistant properties ensure years' worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A2841 ERJC. 6A2841 ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab, searching the Bomber Bocker blog. And there you have it. Alright guys, let's get to the NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day for episode 314 here and then we'll wrap it up from that. Because that's all I have to say. Just a quick little, uh, not rant, just wanted to vent, more of a venting. Just to let my frustration out. Let's get to it. So our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day for 314. Obviously a Knicks episode, so it'll be a Knicks question. Who was the starting point guard on opening night for the 2014-15 Knicks? Who was the starting point guard on opening night for the 2014-15 Knicks? Let me know the answer on Facebook or Instagram. 
whether that be in my comment section once I publish the promo to this episode or in my DMs, and I'll give you a shout-out in the next episode if you get it correct. That next episode will be out by, I would say, Saturday. It's late night, a late-night game tomorrow, Friday, against the Bucks at 10 p.m. Eastern, so I'll probably have it out by the next morning. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Episode 314 is in the books. Again, just talked about the Julius Randle rumors. And I don't think Randle's going anywhere this year. I would pick up the phone, do my due diligence, you know, do do my due diligence, see what's up, see what other GMs have to say, call McNair in Sacramento, see what's up with Fox and Allie Burton. Um, but I, I wouldn't get your hopes up as far as this season goes uh, when it comes to moving Julius. I just don't think that's happening. But again, like I said, hopefully we can get Noel out of here. We don't even know when that guy shows up. He's, he's literally missing four of every seven games, I would say. I mean, it's been like that. You don't know when he shows up. Same with Kemba. Now, Kemba's only worth $8 million, so you can easily waive him. But maybe you can send him somewhere to the Western Conference, get him out of here. I don't know. But he has to go. If you can move Burks, that'd be great. That would open up a lot of playing time for Grimes or McBride or Cam Reddish, who, <laughs> poor guy, hasn't played really at all. You know, five minutes in his first debut, and then he played a couple of garbage time minutes where he did not look interested in coming in the game last night. So it, it sucks, but... That's it, guys. Hope you enjoyed. I'm your host, RJ Carbo, on episode 314 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and analysis, and we do MMA now, too, on the weekends. All right, guys. I'll see you next time. All right. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.